So we at the Don Father have lost a dear friend recently, and we wanted to take this opportunity to dedicate this episode and many more things going forward to our lost friend Will, uh, an avid footy fan, not a Bombers fan, a D's fan, but uh, we're all very saddened and and very close members of our family are very saddened by the loss of our friend. So for those Don Father faithful out there, spare a thought for us and, and the rest of Will's family. And uh, this one and many more is going to go out to his memory. Hello and welcome to The Don Father, a family podcast about the Essendon Football Club. And as is often the case on these sombre for a different reason occasions, uh, we're very saddened by the performance of our dear beloved Bombers, aren't we, family? Well, a little bit sad, but, you know, we weren't... We weren't the favourites going into it so it's not unexpected but it's but it's you know um a little disappointing you know I mean it would have been nice to win but you can't you can't get all of them so it's not not that bad I guess (laughs) what do you reckon Maddie what's your what's your hot take season over another year another year of finals missed Well, my hot take, Maddie, is that that was one of the bottom three performances of the whole year by our team, and I would go as far to say that that was probably the worst performance of our team. It's very, very close to the Port Adelaide performance. You reckon? Um, I think the Brisbane one was better. Yep. Wow. That was a very, very poor performance. Gosh, that's um, that's very, you know, bottom three. That's harsh. Mm. Well, you know, we know where we're at. And, I mean, the league, you know, it's quite well documented that we know that uh, we aren't, you know, if we're going to make the eight, we scrape in. That's where we're at at the moment. We're not genuine contenders. Um, You know, we're eight, top eight wannabes really. And you know, given where a list is at, uh, that's that's you know, it's a good position to be in. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and look, if that's the worst we're going to dish up, you know, in comparison, you look back to some of what we dished up last year, particularly late in the year, um, or you know, something like, pardon me, a um, you know, loss against the doggies a couple of years ago at Eddie had. I, I can live with that, given where we're at. Um, so, yeah, not much uh, controversy here, but uh, that's a one straight down the line for you. Mm. Look, it was always going to happen, wasn't it? We were always going to dish up at some point in the year a flat performance like that. Um, 
it was I just sad to me given that we uh we got so close against Melbourne, we're really unlucky and a bit wasteful going forward against the D's. Probably had the opportunity to win that game. And then I thought we'd really back it up with another good performance. But as we've seen with a couple of our young kids, they were starting to fatigue a little bit. And I think the wet weather plus the drive down to Geelong, which is perhaps the worst city in Victoria. Um, it's not that bad. The terrible soccer pitch that they had to play on called GMHBA Stadium all culminated in 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 was definitely our worst performance within Victoria. Yeah, see, I, I, do, I think Geelong's a beautiful city, but, uh, you know, maybe I've got rose-coloured glasses on, which I literally do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you, you can't see, but I literally have... Uh, like, oh, I'll take a picture so everyone can see. Don't worry. Specs on with red glasses, by the way, at Blue Blocks. Uh, get yourself a pair. Um you know, if you find yourself someone staring at screen late at nights, uh, chuck a pair on, order them in, and uh, you'll thank me when you're having a very restful eight hours. We're not sponsored. I just like to get behind products uh, that I know and genuinely trust. So We are definitely uh, not sponsored. Shameless plug. Not yet. Not yet, anyway. Um, no, look, I, I, uh, I think Melbourne have worked out. Geelong have just got experience and, and bigger bodies and they, they have a really solid way of playing that you have to go and go toe-to-toe with. Melbourne, a little bit more tactically, and I think you can break them apart by playing a certain way or at least stay in contention with them by playing a certain way, which is what we did. Uh, but I, I think Melbourne have been worked out. So um, whereas Geelong, uh, they'll get better the closer to September they come, just given the age of their, their list. Um... Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm probably the opposite to you. I'm, I'm not too phased by this. Um, yeah, I, I knew where we were at, and and I think we all did, and we got we got shown that where we're at is well, where we think we're at is in fact where we're at. So um, that's it. Go home. Episode over. Well done, team. I uh, I I disagree. I I'm disappointed. I thought we were better than that and I thought that was a performance below our standards of this year I think that was a performance that we would have expected at the start of the year but given the nature of the way that we've been playing over the course of the season um, you know apart from that Port Adelaide game even in the Brisbane game we showed something I felt that this performance was was very very disappointing given the new standard that we've set for ourselves coming into this game look Fair enough. But when you've got a, a two 19-year-olds, uh, a 20-year-old, uh, Sam Drabs a little bit older, but still acclimatising to the rigours of senior footy. Um, who else have we got that's fairly young? No, that's fairly young. But, you, you know, you've got a considerable many of team that is still adjusting to senior football. It, I think it's quite normal. Like, if we had got them maybe round six or seven, we're just hitting our straps, you know, we're still relatively fresh. Maybe it's a different story, but you can quite, and we'll get into this later, but you can quite clearly see the accumulated fatigue that the season's having on, you know, some members of our team that are quite important. They play important positions for us. Um, even even someone like a Braden Ham, um, you know, it doesn't surprise me that we're starting to dish up tired performances where we just get beaten. Uh, it's just, a, it's the nature of playing young sides like you're just going to have them fatigue's going to accumulate it does take it takes a massive i mean it takes a massive toll 
just playing, you know, local football. Imagine, you know, playing against genuine full-time professionals week in, week out. And most a couple of those kids have come off not playing at all last year. Mm. So it's things get it's gonna it's gonna come. It's gonna get to a point where it's it's gonna get tough and you're physically going to be tired. Mm. And you you don't have the runs uh on the board to be able to deal with that uh in the name of you know number of pre seasons and seasons, etc. Mm. Yeah, no, I do see I see your point. I do, but I'm no less disappointed. And I understand the realities of, of a young team and a season and, and it dragging on and getting sore bodies. And certainly we've seen that with, with a few of the players recently. Um, but I reserve my right to be disappointed. Isn't that right, Danny? That's exactly right. You are allowed to feel disappointed and your feelings are valid. Yeah, validate my feelings <laughs> about this football club. Yeah. Well, I mean, as much as anyone, you know, I've said it from the start that I didn't want this year to be like, okay, we lose games and, um, you know, we're like, oh, we're too young. You know, it's because we we were young and that's why we lost the game. And I've been that uh, as much of a supporter of that approach that, no, you lose because you were the worst side and it's got nothing to do with youth and you don't just, uh, you know, fly the white flag because all we're young. But I think that you know I might not not go back on it because we um, we haven't seen that from the club, which is fantastic. Mm. But I think as as analysts and observers of the game, we can quite clearly see that that's taking place. Like that is what's occurring. Mm. I mean, Nick Cox hasn't gotten worse from. The Richmond game until now, you know. Mm. No, he's just he's looking fatigued. He looks like he needs a break. It, it's yeah, I I agree with you a hundred percent. So we've been waffling on about ten minutes now. Uh, now that we've finished with our hot takes, why don't we take a little bit of a break and then when we come back we can do our likes and dislikes. And of course, um, our music tastes are always a bit eclectic, but I think what I might do with this episode is. Use a few, a few of Will's favourite songs in our little breaks, so you'll get to hear those as we uh, get through the break. So when we come back, we'll go our likes and dislikes. takes with the game and now we're going to move into our likes and dislikes but before we do either i'd like to share a geelong related story about my friend will and a little trip that we made uh to perth and i say geelong uh flavored story because we're in fact in perth to watch james hurt's last game but um for some reason will and i got on to um, some of the songs that the Geelong cheer squad used to sing when Gary Ablett was playing. And 
being a very non-religious man, he took great delight in annoying, or what I did as well, annoying everyone else on the trip by singing incessantly, What a friend we have in Jesus. Of course, referring to the Son of God, Gary Ablett Jr. But anyway, we digress. Let's jump into the likes and dislikes. Danny, hit us with one. All right, my first like is Stringer's opening goal. That was very exciting and made us hopeful for a little bit. It made Kai pretty hopeful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what was he doing? Stringer, 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 stringer. I can't say it that fast. <laughs> Did we get a video of that to put up on the social? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put it on the Instagram page, but I'll put it up again. I'll put it up again so all can see. And look, to be fair, it was a pretty good first quarter, admittedly. We were pretty, we were pretty up and about at quarter time. Um, what was the score? I mean, I was disappointed we, we let them get a goal because it was looking like they weren't going to score. In the uh, first we quarter. were 4 2. Uh, to 1 1. Yeah, to 1 1. And they got a they got a goal late because of a a bit of a deliberate out of bounds free kick, which was disappointing. And but a great finish from Jeremy Cameron. We have to it does have to be said, but um, very disappointing for them to to score and what we could have kept them for a goalless quarter. So I have to say that one of my likes was not necessarily Stringer's goal, but just the first quarter in general. I, I actually think that first quarter is insignificant. Uh, mm. What good, experienced sides will do is allow you to think you're beating them in the first half. Mm. Really what they're doing is figuring you out. And then once they figured you out, that's it. And that is exactly what Geelong did. They let us play a bit, figured us out, and then said, okay, this is how we're going to stop them. And the All Blacks do it in rugby. They, they you know, I actually, I haven't got the exact statistic, but most times, they, their opponent is with them at halftime and they've worked them out and then they'll just blow them out in the second half because they've worked them out. I, you can't tell me that Geelong went into that game in with the intent to be behind at quarter time just so they could take some time to figure us out. I didn't because say that. Because that's what you're suggesting. Well, it's not what I mean. What I mean is... Typically, great sides, unless they're you know playing against real, just garbage teams, um, will not start games all that well. They'll finish them really well in that middle chunk of the game. They'll do really well, but I don't think it's a trait of great teams that they always start games well. I think I don't. I don't think Geelong went, hey, we're going to let them, you know, let them in. But I think what great sides do is they do, they won't get you at the start. They'll they'll wear you down over a game and play how they want to play. And as they figure you out more and more, they'll just choke your opportunity and keep capitalising, keep capitalising. Then they've they've strung themselves out to a win. That's what I'm inferring there, and that's exactly what Geelong did. I I respectfully disagree. Okay. I think what happened is we did our homework really well, and we worked out. Um, exactly what we needed to do to get on top of Geelong. And they, with their experience in the coach's box, their experience on the field, they were able to adjust their game plan accordingly from quarter time onwards. I don't think... I I think we actually 
worked them out and did our homework and got on top and then and that's where experience comes in they're able to adjust their game plan because they obviously approached the game wrong um early in the game for us to be able to get four goals onto them um for whatever reason they didn't they didn't come out to play and then but their experience showed with them able to adapt change their game style and get on top and then win so we might be saying the same things in in different ways but i think it's more of a the experience allowed them to change their style of play to get back into the game and get on top. Well, I think we are saying the same thing because I would ask you, well, what did they do after quarter time? They figured out how we were going to play then and then changed. That's exactly right. But they didn't come into the game. They didn't start the game. They didn't go, all right, let's give Essendon a quarter and let's watch them and see what they do for a quarter and then we'll we'll decide how we're going to approach this game. Sorry, you go, Jim. No, I was going to say, why do you think they didn't do that? Wouldn't they want to see? Because it's ridiculous. Why? I don't why? Think do that. No. I because don't... why would you let a team get a, a lead, any lead at all? Well, because maybe they, they were just super confident that they were going to beat us anyway. So they're like, let's just let them go, see how they play, and then we'll bang, let them have it. They're not a Polo yeah. Creed from Rocky. <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> No, I no, I, yes, I, I know, and if that's what I'm implying, that's what the listeners think I'm implying. No, that's not the case. I don't think Geelong came out and said, "Let's just give him the first quarter." What I'm saying is that the trade in which, like their experience and their ongoing success, the trend is that their first quarters maybe aren't their strongest because. That's where they typically tend to figure a side out and then they really capitalise in the next three. Now, whether that's by design or just something they do uh, subconsciously you know, or it's just conse- consequential, um, that's a different, you know, that that's a different aim. I'm just saying that that's what they tend to, what good sides tend to do is you'll be with them till quarter time early on and then once they figure out, that's it, they'll blow you out of the water. Mm. But I'm not saying they're going out there. Okay, let's let's figure them out first. No, that they're, they're going to still try and pile six goals in, in a quarter on you. Um, but hey, if you're you know if if you're a respectable side, you've done your homework, you know how they want to play because that's what professional sporting teams do. Um, and then they've got the experience and the and the like you said and the um, ability and the. Uh, good enough that they can go, okay, well, that's how they're going to play us. Let's, let's change to this. And they change mm. it and they do it and they capitalise and they win by however much they won by. So mm. uh, moral of the story, yeah, I think we are speaking about the same thing. <laughs> so I've got a dislike and that's the second quarter. That um, conceding seven straight goals and then eight for the quarter, that's just unacceptable. It doesn't matter what level of development you're at. I think that's a really, really poor showing. Um, and it shows our lack of experience and still that the good teams can get a run on against us. And that will, that will cost us matches until we work out a way to arrest a slide like that. Um, and that'll cost us ladder position towards the back end of the year. If we, um, not this year, but in seasons to come, if we don't work out a way to put the brakes on and put the clamps on. I mean, it was a massive turnaround. It was something like a 50-point turnaround in a quarter. It's just not – it doesn't matter what level of development you're at, it's just not good enough. Yeah, look, I, I mean, 
No, it's not good enough. Um, but look, we know we're not going to win the flag. Um, so I don't. I'm not saying we we tank and losing is a good thing, but I'm saying um, it actually probably has some positives for us in that those young players and inexperienced players go, oh, that's what happens when we don't get a, a hold of the game against good sides. Mm-hmm. That's what teams will do to you. And I, I think, you know, as bad it is to have a loss, you probably, as a young player, take more from that than you do had we beaten Geelong and say they were you know, just having an off night. Mm. And perhaps you get some false confidence. Um, I think better to know how where the actual bar is. And then you go, okay, well, that's, that's what we've got to work. That's how good we've got to be. Um, and yeah, work towards that and, and, you know, have that benchmark set for you early in your career, um, as opposed to, you know, um, Geelong having an off night and not giving us a spanking and a bit of a lesson. So I don't like, yeah, a loss is bad, but in the long run, it it might actually serve us better. Yeah. Well, statistically we were smashed in pretty much every, every facet of the game. Um, Total disposals, kicks, we ahead in handballs. Uh, we actually had more inside fifties, but our efficiency inside fifty was woeful. They were at fifty five point six, and we're at twenty nine percent. So just woeful, mm. woeful efficiency inside four. Yeah, 50. well, Geelong got like eight goals from twelve inside fifties. So... Yeah, it's nuts. It's yeah, our defence, which I've been really proud of this year, just got smashed. Um, I mean, they smashed us in clearances. We the positive is that Draper won the hitouts. Um, smash us in clearances, just around the ground. Um, contested possessions were even. They worked way harder than us. Under contested possessions, they smashed us. They actually had more turnovers than us. So it's the efficiency going into fifty, which was our problem against Melbourne, cost us the game against Melbourne, um, and certainly really, really hurt us against Geelong as well. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like I said, you you don't get worse from playing an opponent that's better better than you. So yeah, we got we got beat. We knew we know that. We knew it was coming. Um yeah, like I said, as much as the players learn from it, truck learns from it as well, the coaching staff learn from it as well. So I think, you know, we're we're better for it. Overall, in the long term, I think. I agree. No, I think I think if we take the lessons out of this game, I think um, we will end up being a better team. And I and and Truck is the kind of coach that I think will use this to bring the group forward. I would tend to agree. So, give me, if you will, an honest review of the performance of Tom Cutler. Hmm. <laughs> Look, I feel for Tommy. I he, He's got a lot of AFL traits physically. Um, I think what's between his ears is what lets him go uh, or lets him down, sorry. I mean, he's, sorry, he's a guy in the VFL last week who had 31 and, you know, was dominant. 
um, and then comes to AFL level, and it, it just doesn't look like the same player. Um, so, no, not his best showing. He probably hasn't really had a great game for Essendon as yet. I don't think he's had a good game for Essendon. No, yeah. Not not, not even a great game. I don't think he's had a good game. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think you know, it's a really big reflection on your club. If you can get guys like him who have the attributes physically, uh, I actually think, you know, he just looks like someone who second-guesses himself as soon as he gets up to the level. And it is a big thing to overcome. Um, you know, he's, he's trying to survive up there rather than thrive like, say, Darcy Parrish, for example. You think about the transformation in him. Um, so uh, it would be a great reflection in our club if we could actually get him to be a, a contributing player at AFL level. Mm. In, in his defence, he had 84% disposal efficiency. Uh, but he has 14 touches, uh, eight of which are handballs, um, and one tackle for the night. Mm. So if he is a player that just needs an extended run in the team to get into some form, then so be it. But I have, I have not seen a performance that has ever warranted him keeping his spot for the next week. How long has he been playing for? He has played, uh, I think he's close to 100 games, if not more. Ah, oh, so if, oh, what, a little while. Let's see. Let's, let's bring him up. But, yeah, I was, I was disappointed with his performance and obviously being the whipping boy of the podcast along with uh, Two Meter Peter, who his reprieve is done. He has also been very poor in, <laughs> since his return from injury. Um. Namely, he's slipping over in the back line, costing us a goal. Um, that is so hard. It was raining. That, the rain was so heavy. Should have had better boots on. Oh, Nick, you are harsh. Uh, oh. 79 games. I don't know if that's at the start of the season. So, what, he'd be at 80 or 81 now. Um, I think oh. that is the harshest criticism from any football fan or coach. Yeah. Oh, he slipped over slower, in the rain. Especially when it's pissing down rain like mm. like what sort of constructive feedback is that don't slip over like uh, put on put on the long stops <sighs> yeah even if he I'm, I'm, look I I would almost guarantee that he, he did and he All still right. falls over what are you going to do? It's a, it's a, <laughs> you're out on grass. No, that's um, a, it is a bit silly, but let's be honest his, his performances since he's been back from injury nowhere near the level that we've required from our second ruck, pinch-hitting ruck key forward. Having said that, Cale Hook has been very, uh, very poor in the last two weeks as well. No, he didn't but do much. Kale's got runs on the board, mate. Kale is an Essendon legend and has been for a very long time. So he gets a reprieve from us. But mm. our two, two recruits of the last couple of years, very disappointed uh, with Tommy C. And Peter Wright has not, uh, returned to his pre-injury decent form. Yeah, look, I when all your forwards are down, is it a reflection on the delivery in there? Uh, could be. It could definitely be a reflection on the delivery, but there's other ways you can get involved in the game, and I'm just not seeing that from from Peter Wright. Of how often how, enough? How would you like him to get involved in the game? Throw his body around. 
Get in the packs. Tackles. Black tip up. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Because it's, uh, it's not like it's not like he's not around the ball. He's he's rucking for you know twenty percent of a quarter. Mm. I wonder if he was rushed back in out of necessity. I'd be disappointed if he was. Um, because the the talk coming out of the club has been we're not rushing players back, we're bringing in players ready to perform. So if he was rushed back, not only have they done a disservice to him, they've gone back on their word of what they said they would be doing. Yeah, well, that's... um, It's all good and well to say that until you don't have any... (laughs) You're out of stocks. (laughs) You Mm. know what I mean? So... Um, yeah, like I, I, you know, it's e- it's easy to say it when you um, you know, list healthy, but list is healthy. But when you're um, yeah, when you're down a few soldiers and you just you need another tool in or you need that second ruck in, um, and we've got no one else. Mm. Yeah, yeah I, know, I would have thought Nick Bryan maybe would have stepped up to the plate then and would have played him. So. Yeah, I, getting games into Nick Bryan, I don't think is ever a, a bad idea. Um, one big like the continued performances of Darcy Parish. Mm, agree. agree. Oh my gosh! Um, it, I mean, he's putting himself in 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 Charlie territory. Surely, you'd you'd think so. I don't think Essendon's going to win enough games for him to to get there. Who's Charlie? But excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> what? The it's the brown Who's light. Charlie? Why do you say Charlie? Just, uh, just put some Googles into <laughs> the brown low metal. Fine. <laughs> Who's Charlie? Um, yeah, I don't know that Essendon's going to win enough games to have him in, in true contention. But having said that, he's gotten two awards in a losing side and has been adjudged best on on ground. So... You would expect that in both the this game and the Richmond one, he got three votes. So who knows? Anything could happen. But um, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting. Might be worth watching the Brownlow for once this year. Yeah, well, I actually feel for Zachy Merritt because I, th- I don't think he gets the recognition he deserves because his mate next to him is just just racks up a, a couple extra on him. Mm. Yeah, Zachy Merritt had another good game, so I'm I'm very pleased with with the performances of both of those. If they can carry that form forward into next year and we get some more natural progression from the youngsters, it's really setting up a, a strong midfield for us. Yeah, well, I mean, it. Um, I mean, we just need depth, and once you get McGrath in, Shield in, Caldwell in, it's pretty. Uh, it's a pretty respectful midfield. I, I would have thought. I think we're we're okay there. Um, in terms of our development, you know, Sammy Draper in the ruck, obviously. Mm. Um, it is, I mean, you know, this is a conversation for another time, but it's our forward line that we need to clear up. Mm. Um, and that's only going to come with time and recruits and picks and whatever else. So but that's a different, that's a different story. Yeah, there was some nice taps from Sammy on the weekend, um, as always tends to happen. Um some good ones over the back, some really nice connection developing between he and the midfielders. So um, really great, really um, encouraging performances from Sammy Draper. Mm. And he's been ruck, he's beating ruck when he should be in mm. 
Uh, I was a Stanley in Blitzarbs, I think, or Radic Um mm-hmm. So, you know, I know he's, none of these play 15 yet. So, um, that's it. It's encouraging. It, it, is it that, yeah, very encouraging. That midfield group is, is, is a light in a, no, I'm not going to say a tunnel of darkness, but uh, it's a shining light for sure. Mm. I think I felt our back line lowered their colours this week. Oh, one, you know, one off game. I mean, I just spoke about how good the midfield were, but, you know, when they were going inside 50 that poorly and Geelong were walking it out of the back half, it's, you know, very hard to stop that up the field. When it was, Sorry, it's very hard to stop that inside defensive 50 when that's happening up the field. Like, it's just, mm. yeah. Even with Stelling back in, the forward pressure was really quite low. We weren't um, weren't creating much on the inside. Um, weren't getting much much love from the ball hitting the deck. It was a real struggle of a performance. Yeah, no, we um, look. They're a good side, and you know, we've spoken about that uh, repetitively here. So. You know, we did, we got beat. We uh, and like you know, going forward, and it's been a problem probably all year. Uh, it's just not true. We've kicked over hundred a few times, but um, yeah, no, that's going to be our next evolution for sure. Just scoring. So I don't reckon there's much more for us to say about the Geelong game. Uh, pretty poor performance around the ground. Um, lots of areas to improve. So. Why don't we take a little break and then when we come back, we'll have a look forward to the Adelaide game. Sounds good. We were discussing the disappointment that was our game at the category, but looking forward, the draw starts to open up a bit. And starting with the Adelaide Crows this Friday, uh, I think this is a winnable game. What do you guys reckon? I reckon we're pretty in with a good chance. Yeah, uh, if Laura were here, she would uh, say, drum roll, please. <laughs> It's a yardstick game, this one. Uh, it's uh, one we measure where we're at in the comp. Um, yeah, sim- similar side and similar situations. Um, obviously, they're, they're come off a shocking year last year. But, um, no, this is one where we, you know, genuinely look to compare ourselves. So Yeah, is this one of those uh, ones that you game. said is a, a one of those winnable games? You know how you said we had so many winnable games this season? Uh, yeah, this is absolutely one of the ones that I would hope that we would win. Okay. Well, I hope we win all of them. But uh, what I mean in terms of our performance, like evenly matched type 
Yes. Yeah. I think this is... Um, I don't think this is a yardstick game. I think this is a team that's around our mark. And when um, I would expect that we would put in a good performance um, and sh- we should beat this team. Yeah, well, we're higher than them on the ladder. We're 12, they're 15. They're much improved from last year, though. Obviously, the Wooden Spooners last year, but much, much improved. Oh, from they were the Wooden last Spooners year. last year? Yeah, Ooh, they finished bottom. Dear, I didn't know that. Have I been doing the yardstick game wrong? Because <laughs> I always thought it's just a game where you sort of compare yourself to see where you're at. Where you're at. No, I I well, call yeah. the I call the Geelong game a yardstick game because that's that's what I think because they're they're the teams that are better than you and you can they're a yard, they're the yardstick that tell you that you can measure off. Yeah. Whereas these these ones are not necessarily something you can measure off. Well, what is a yardstick? Let me Google this. It's so, like a stick, I, a benchmark. I was, I was, you goose. Okay. Because I was, look, I was only, you know, Geelong, I, I didn't have that as a yardstick game because I knew that even if we did beat Geelong, you know, we weren't better than Brisbane, Port, uh, whoever else is up there at the top, the Bulldogs, Melbourne. Um, so, even you know, even if we beat Geelong, uh, maybe they have an off night or we just get them in the wet. Uh, we probably weren't going to beat, you know, four of those other five sides um, or those other four of the five, you know what I'm saying. Um, whereas I have this as a yardstick game because we actually measure ourselves up against a team that is probably in a similar boat. And we go, okay, well, are we ahead of the pack or are we sort of behind oh. a bit? Nikki, what did you find on Google? So according to the Cambridge Dictionary, yardstick, noun, a fact or standard by which you can judge the success or value of something. Hmm. Uh, noun, a ruler. <laughs> Example, a long, flat object used yeah, for Yeah, we know what a ruler things. is. That is one yard, approximately 91.4 centimetres long. Okay. Uh, a way of measuring how good, accurate, or effective something is. A standard used to compare similar things okay. in order to measure right. their value yep. or success. We got it now. We got it. We got it. We got it. No more. You no, don't want any no, more? No, no more. <laughs> so I guess every game is kind of well, a yeah. yardstick game. Yeah, but I would I would say it more as a benchmark to playing someone better and seeing how you fare up. That's what I would call a yardstick game. Fair but enough. But interesting fact, we have beaten Adelaide since 2018. So we beat them in 2018. We beat them in 2019. <clears throat> and my phone Where have you pulled this from? This isn't something that Daniela just knew. And we beat them in 2020. I pulled them up on AFL.com because like any podcaster, I have my news in front of me so I can refer to it. They, they've been quite poor across those years though. Uh, let's not. Let's not get carried away. Oh, come on. Uh, they come off a grand final in 2018, although their club was in shambles. It was in shambles. It was in shambles. I thought that was good stuff. Yeah, yeah I thought, oh, no, it was good. Good, you know, good that you could read the uh, <laughs> win-loss. Uh, it's good that you could read. Thanks, Maddie. Yeah, yeah. And it goes a little bit like win-loss, 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 win-loss. No, it win, actually loss, goes win-win-win-win-win. I don't know. I don't think you knew who I was quoting there. No, I don't. Who are you quoting? The great, the great bristle. Mr. Stringer, Stringer, Stringer. Oh, Stringer, 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 Stringer. 
<laughs> Which game is that? Oh, I think it's like a Bulldogs game, isn't it? An Eagles, I think. Have you, you know what I'm talking about? The Eagles won? No, that was the goes. grand final. Oh, there he goes. Win, loss, 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 win, loss. I, I don't remember <laughs> that, but I'm sure, I'm sure I've heard it and loved it. Well, I wanted to pull it up on the, uh, the audio file somewhere in here. Sounds perfect. Yeah. Um, anyhow. So, anyhow, back on back on the game. Yeah, I think I think we match up pretty well against Adelaide. I don't think there's any areas of the ground where they're particularly much stronger than us. Um, I would expect that we're probably better than them in most facets of the game. They're a little bit further back in their development than we are. Um, something we need to be aware of, although. I didn't watch much footy this weekend after the Essendon game. I was a bit flat, as tends to happen when you lose on a Friday night. Um, did Taylor Walker get concussed? Is that right? I think I did read that, yeah. Okay, so he's out. He won't be playing. But that Philthorpe is um, a very good young player. Very exciting. So I don't think they're, uh, I don't think they're forward line something to take lightly. No, it's not. It's a prolific forward line, although if the Texans out, that probably changes a little bit. Uh, but they'll be out to get us, and I reckon we're a little bit vulnerable. Um, obviously, if Co- you know, if they do give Cox and Perkins a rest, although coming off a seven-day break, they might be all right. But if they do decide to give them a rest, I don't know if we have much to come in. Uh, maybe Shield. Um, there's, there's talk that Shield might... Um... That Shield might be ready to go. Okay. Um, there was an injury update today that um, suggested he's still short term, but um, was quite positive. Uh, no one was injured out of the game, uh, but Shield was—he's he, right on 16 weeks this week. So it just depends whether they feel like he's ready to go. Okay, and is it worth it? I'd say I think so. it's worth it. I, I definitely think it's worth it. Hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, well, interesting. If if they do, which one of them they rest? Um, do, were they, are they, did they are they announcing a big crowd for Friday or? Uh, they haven't said the numbers. I don't think, but we've okay. got our tickets, so we're good to go. I was just going to um, ask, did you get our tickets? Yeah. So, because uh, I was just um, going to say, um, I reckon the Perkinator, uh, the Coxie. I think he needs a break. He's he's tired. He's played every game. I think he deserves a, a break. Um, unless, you know, inside the four walls, he's just found found his feet again. Um, but I think for the Perkinator, strikes me as a type who maybe just gets a little bit more energy just uh, with the crowd, a little bit bigger crowd back, a home crowd. What do you reckon? I reckon. I reckon he's a bit of a rooster in that way. I reckon a bit of this peacocks a little bit, just gets the feathers out and says, watch me go. But um, yeah. I, I concur with that estimation, like but I, like but he's it. looking tired. He's looking sore. I feel like he, he probably does need a week off. Mm, no, it would like I said, it would definitely the fatigue would definitely accumulate and accrue. Uh, I think probably fellas, Perkins so. is is all right for at least another game. I'm not concerned with with Perkins. He was still getting out in and around it, but but Cox certainly looked off the boil. He didn't look his effervescent self and hasn't for the last couple of weeks. So whether he's carrying a niggle as well, you know, that, that kind of ties into it. Um, 
you know, I think I think he's due a rest. Mm, I agree, and I think it's good good man management just to mm. give you, you know, nineteen year old a break. Um, and so there's a possibility that um, that Dylan Clark could come in. He starred on the weekend in the VFL, so there's an opportunity good. for him to come in. There's an opportunity for Guelphie to come in and play on the wing. Yeah. Um, whether Francis is ready to return is is another question. I'm not sure, but certainly he would be a welcome addition, and I think it'd be great to be able to get around him on the weekend if he if he did play. Um, you know, not that that is always helpful when you're dealing with with the issues that he's dealing with. Uh, you know, you can have as much positivity around you; it's, it can sometimes still not be very helpful. Um, but that'd be nice from a fan's point of view to to get around him. Yeah, yeah, I think um, Clarky would be. Uh, so I'm changing the topic there a little bit, but mm. Clarky would be pretty much playing for his career, wouldn't he? Uh, I'd think so because they've put him on the rookie list this year, so I would think so. But he's really he, he can get the ball and he can tag really well, so I think he just needs a, a bit of a run at it and, and a few games in a row to to kind of show what he's worth. Because I think there's a football player there. Yeah, I tend to agree. Uh, just the kicking uh, seems to let him down, but uh, we could see a big few games from from the man D Clark, but uh, no, but in answer to your, to your statement, yeah, it would be very nice to see Franger back out there. Uh, hopefully a bit more, uh, with a bit of, sorry, not with a bit more, but with a bit of spring in his step and flying across, taking marks and uh, doing what he does best. So, mm. um, I, yeah, I'd be excited if, if Dill Clark slid in though. Mm. I would be very excited. Yeah, I'm happy for him or, or Guelphie to come in. Look, I'd love Dylan Shield to come in if possible. Um, I don't know that we've got room to drop anyone. You know, I'm, I'd, as much as I like to uh, engage in hyperbole, I think Tom Cutler probably deserves another game um, to start to get some form. It's very difficult when you're the sub coming in, playing a game, getting dropped, getting injured, you're the sub. Like, um, I, but I want to see more from him. Absolutely. Um, but having said that, there's a few players that were, you know, there was 21 other players that were down last week. Uh, well, 20, and um, Parrish was great. Oh, so was so was Merritt. But the rest really um, could up their performance. So just just resting Cox for me is probably um, Cox and or Perkins. If we bring in Guelphie and Clark, I'd be I'd be happy with. Yeah, I wonder if the Cutler, he can maybe see the right on the wall that he's playing for his career and there's another one that says, well, fuck it, I'm just going to go for it. Um, and maybe we, we just see what he's really capable of. So mm. um, what about the youngster, Sam Durham? Yeah, he might come in. That I mean, it's a, it's a good a match as any in front of the, the home crowd. Um, by all reports at AFL level, they suspect he'll probably be more of a uh, halfback flank. Um, but who knows? You know, I'd, I'm more than happy to blood another player. Bring him in. How big is he? Uh, he's like 185-ish, I think. Mm, so not massive, but not small. No, no, no. As I would say, bring, bring him in, Rex. Bring him in. So yeah, I'd more than happy to have him come in and play. So... Where do you think where do you think this game is won? 
by kicking more goals. Thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> hey, side note before we before we find out where how this game is won, do you know what I just found out? What's that? Guess what happened on this day, July 6, 20 years ago. What was that? Gary Moorcroft's Becky against the Bulldogs. The greatest Specky the of all time. The greatest Specky of all time was 20 years ago today. Is that why you haven't been speaking much? Because you've been scrolling social media this whole that time? That is correct. That's <laughs> the last thing that I, the AFL uh, Facebook page just posted. So. No, the Essendon uh, Book Club. You, you are a uh, <laughs> research extraordinaire. <laughs> Thanks. What? Could you give us some insight into the efficacy on the COVID vaccine as well? Uh, what are our risks really like, Danny G? Do some research. All right, let me let me let me bookmark on that, and I'll come back to you. So, one of my coworkers just released just received their second dose of the Pfizer. Yeah. Did they uh, arm fall off or something like that? Or uh... phone reception in the office has never been better. <laughs> what? Because they're <laughs> my download speeds have been top notch. <laughs> I don't know if those two are related, but it's great. Walking 5G tower. It's been amazing. It's Hot been spot. amazing. Yeah, right. So, sorry, back um, to how we win. How do we win this game? Well, apart from kicking more goals. I, uh, I, mean, I don't see an area of the ground where we're better than them. Uh, like in terms of, you know, there's a, they have a clear deficiency here and we have a clear strength. I think we're actually pretty mm. evenly matched, I would have thought. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a cliche answer, but it comes down to execution on the day, doesn't it? If we can I win think... more, you know, if we can win, win the ball at the contest uh, and hold on to it more, um, we'd probably win the game, I would, I would think. I think this game gets won in the coach's box, to be honest. I think our teams mm. are really evenly matched. And I think Strategy. whoever gets on top tactically uh, will come away with the chocolates. Mm. The yeah. chocolates, Daniela, being the win. I know what the chocolates mean, Nicholas. Thanks for clarifying. Yeah. So, I wonder in games like this, against sides like this, okay, like, for example, when we play Melbourne, they're a side that's, you know, better than us. We have to adjust how we want to play because if we play the way we want to play, we'll get eaten up. Mm-hmm. But I wonder when we play a side that's evenly matched with us, do we do that or do we just go out and play how we actually want to play? Do you get what I'm saying? I do, I do. And I think the philosophy is that we play the way we want to play. Mm. I think that would be the intent of our coaching staff. I think that would be the intent of our whole football program is that we have a way that Essendon plays and that we go out and execute that. And I think also what that means is we have an opportunity to see what uh, this weekend, what Essendon's football DNA is and how that looks when you're not adapting to a better team against you, when you're able to try and assert the way that you want to play on the game. Mm, mm. I I guess we'll, we'll see the... You know, the the good side traitiness in that, you know, if we're able to adapt to how Adelaide want to play, if, if how they want to play is uh, exposing us a little bit, 
I think we'll, we'll see a bit of that. Because um, as we spoke about before, that's what good sides do. Um, so no, I, I tend to agree with that. This one probably, this one probably is won or lost in the coach's box. Uh, funnily enough, it is uh, Truck's old side. So I wonder you if want he, to get a win. Yeah, I wonder if he fires up a little bit more. Or um, I wonder what you would, how you would be feeling. You, know, you play two hundred fifty odd games for a, a club, and then you got to coach against them. Mm. That'd be uh, an interesting. I didn't uh, think he played. Did he play? Oh, yes. Oh. Well, no. Yeah, I, I, oh, I distinctly remember you guys saying that he was a coach that hadn't played before, and that's why his per- what's that word perception was different. Oh boy! Uh, no, I think you've you've miss miss. I think I said that. I think. I said something along those lines, but it was uh, that he ne- wasn't necessarily a superstar player and that that has perhaps served him well as a coach because as a player, he really had to think his way through the game and uh, really know ins and outs of how to play, whereas someone, uh, coaches, attentively, coaches that were players who were naturally great or physically really gifted. Oh, yeah, um, that's right. Perhaps that didn't serve them as well in their coaching career because they didn't have to think about the game as much as, say, Truck did. Despite, I mean, don't get me wrong, Truck was, I think he played 250 games, 200-plus, which, which that's is... That's a very good career. Oh, it's a very good career yeah. by, any, by any stretch. Um, but, you know, not in that elite category of... You know, remembered for generations. So mm. that's that's the point I was making. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thanks for clarifying, Matthew. But um, here's another task for you amongst your <laughs> efficacy vaccine efficacy research. Yes. Uh, go through all the all the podcast episodes and find the exact minute and second, uh, and uh, record what I said. Oh, okay. For future reference, we'll do. Yeah, just so you can come back on next week. Uh, let us know yeah, what you and, found. And let us know. Thanks. Let us all, right, know. all right. So, yeah, I think, as we were saying, in summary, I think it's a really evenly matched game. I think it should be really enjoyable. Uh, we both play really exciting brands of football. Um, whoever executes better on the day is going to get the chocolates. Um, in other news, Darcy Parrish re-signs for two years, which is, um, which is quite exciting for Woo-hoo! us. Um, any other Bombers news that you've come across? Uh... Darcy Parish. Darcy Parish. <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. Uh... Nah, I don't think so. Nothing. Is, is it? No, no, no I don't think so. No, no, nothing, nothing in concrete. That was all I had for today and this week. I think J- Jake Stringer uh, turned down the offer. Yeah, I, but that's not confirmed. That's all like... Come on, Jackie that's, boy. That's Tom Brown type reporting. Tom Brown, hey? What are you going against, against Brown? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. So, uh, so Danny, how, how can people get in contact with us? Oh, gosh. I haven't done this for a while. Um, so they can find us on Instagram at the DomFatherPod. Um, you can also find the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review and um, a bit of a blurb about how you found us. It would be really good. So, yeah. 
Perfect. This, uh, this goes out to Laura Dental. <laughs> <laughs> the pen clicking for anyone wondering what that was. Mm. But well, uh, I think we need to uh, we need to bring back some story time. I reckon. The, the yeah, we missed story time this episode. We've been okay today, but very straight down the line, talking a lot of footy. I tell you, it's Nick. Um, Nick's just like get it done, get it done. The uh, the joviality in my heart is somewhat diminished of late. Yeah, it is a little bit sad at the minute. Well, I mean, you're talking about um, this is a non-football related story, uh, but uh, I don't know if you remember. I mean, you were talking about singing songs before, and it made me think of something, and it's it's totally unrelated. Um, but uh, many Christmases ago, I believe, uh, SingStar used to come out on the on the PlayStation Two of all PS3, PS3. Was it PS3? One of the two. I actually reckon it was before that, but um, I mean, when it first came out, I reckon it was PS2. It would have been Um, your PS2 then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, We brought. I think we brought. Oh, that was like a Christmas, Christmas time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, everyone's struggling on their songs and can't hear the note to save themselves. In walks uh, Nick G. Says, uh, "I'll take. uh, Is it the calling wherever you will go?" I probably ripped that one out. There's no, been many of them. It wasn't a Nickelback song that was that was like that was replayed repeatedly. But yeah. my point that was your favourite, Maddie. I you think jumped you, in, you jumped into the Nickelback. This is how you remind me. <laughs> um, but no, Nick, uh, you just straddled in. Yep, I'll take that one. The calling wherever you will go and hit it note for note. Note for note. It was. Uh, it was like yeah. I was the calling. Oh come on! Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So lately. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so we can, uh, maybe I'll close out the episode a little bit differently, maybe with uh, a bit of the calling. That's good. Well, it's a, that, uh, it's a song dedicated to uh, our, our recent re-signings of Merritt Parish. Hopefully Stringer soon. We'll go wherever you will go. <laughs> Fans so they want to they wanna come with us and stay with us. Well, I'll, I'll go with them uh, to the end of the Wherever road. they will go. Yeah. Well, uh, we're just we're just rambling now, aren't yes, we? Yeah. So uh, thanks for most. joining us, if you're even listening at this point of the episode. And um, as always, until next time. Catch you later. Go Dons. Go Dons. Go wherever you Oh, my God. Hang up. Go. Hang up. When the beating of your heart echoes the beating of the drums, there is a life about to start when tomorrow comes. Will you join in our crusade? Who will be strong to stand with me? Beyond the barricade, is there a world you long to see? And join in the fight that will give you the right to be free. Do you hear the people sing, singing the song?